Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. You know, it's you know what's fun is when you go to multiple services. There, there was, um, and I feel like God sends you to the one that you're supposed to, and even if you go to both. Like today in the first service, I, I can say it was like a tender healing mercy, and it was it was wonderful. And then, but this one felt like a a party erupted. You know, I mean, like, and it just was really. It's just just challenging you to be joyous. You know, I always think it's like, you know, such a funny command, you know, be joyful. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, you know, how do you, you know, have joy, you know. Uh, there's some amazing verses like that. Like, do not let your heart be troubled, right? What? Heart, you can't be troubled. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's such power in the atmosphere. And I'm going to say something. What's your name, Britt? You know, the whole service... Feel, feel so genuine. I feel like there's nothing that you do that isn't from your, the heart, like your communion, your worship, your announcements and transition. It was powerful. And Jeremy, I know maybe he, he left because he was in there for like, I mean, I just was so full, so blessed because that's what family feels like. And I feel like it was, it was like the heart of God in the first service. I was almost tearing too because I felt tender. Like I felt, I felt the tenderness of God and I felt like he was saying he's so proud of you. But I didn't know it at the time. But I had during worship in the first service, I had, a, I had a, um, like a picture or a vision. And all of a sudden it was like it was rumbling. But it wasn't, by the way, the worship was a lot more mellow, right? We were mellow in the first service. But it was like this rumbling, and it was suddenly I saw the church as like a rocket, and and it was you could feel it, and then I felt like your four your four stations this morning, you know, and it's like that like you're rumbling, and I really feel like you're gonna really get launched in 2023, okay? And what you said is true. What I did is I was an executive director with Cheon, and then I was uh, oversee all the, I still oversee the missions, uh, but we have 60,000 churches. We have 7,000 churches ourselves in Kenya, okay? But I just felt so, and we've raised up 19 apostles there, so I felt so spread out. And, and the Lord said to me, what would, it your, what would your life look like if it was only based on relationships? And I said, I don't know. You tell me, because you know, he'll, you know, you should always be afraid when God asks you a question, okay? Because <laughs> there's an answer coming, you know, and it's going to be huge. So when God asks you a question, he's he's calling you to something, right? And um, you know what it meant for me to lay down my my salary, everything down, and then he says, I'm going to show you in the next six months the churches you're supposed to pour into, and um, you're. I want you to be a father. They call you a father, but you haven't had time to be a father and to be a mother. And we have nations we work with, literally nations. We work with leaders that lead national movements. That's a lot of the people. So when I say churches, we're really pouring into those. The Netherlands uh, right now, Bulgaria, uh, Philippines, Kenya, some, some, some nations that we go to. But um, I, I just want to say that it's an honor to be a part of your family. And uh, so in 2023, 
I promise you're going to see me more. And listen to this. My, anytime you see me, I'm here to activate you to another level. Okay? Now, that's up to your leaders. By the way, we've talked about this, so I didn't just tell them, you know. Uh, but we really are. It's going to be more intentional next year because I feel like this is a very launching season. Now, how many of you are newer to the resting place? And, okay, and, and, uh, and when I say newer, you know, um, like in previous churches, how many saw people commissioned as an apostle? Okay, no one, right? And, and so what I want to do is, is you're already doing this as a part of a culture, but I'm going to explain for the newer ones why we do what we do at the resting place. I'm going to give language and context for it. Okay? And the first thing I want to say is we're not into titles. The title is not the point. You know? Um, and I like to give the analogy, like if you were in the military, for example, let's say you were a sergeant or maybe even a captain, okay? You don't go home and tell everybody in the house to call you captain. You know what I'm saying? Or your neighbor, hi, I'm captain. You know, you know, you don't. You just tell them your name. You have a function when you're in the military. And why do you have that title? Because you have a sphere of authority and everybody knows what that, that the rank, they know and understand what that means, right? In the church, we've lost something by calling everybody pastor. Do you know that we weaken the church by being pastor? You know why? Because, for example, I was called a pastor but I wasn't pastoral you know if it looked like I wasn't listening to you I wasn't do you know what I'm saying and and it was very hard and then and they would want me to stand at the back door and like you know you know shake everybody's hand it was terrible you know you know, and it was kind of like, you know, how good sermon, Pastor. I mean, it was just terrible. And it's like, you know, uh, I just couldn't stand it. I, I wasn't very pastoral. It's like, you know, if you were, I met with you a second time, you still had the same problem. I would say, I would say something like, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to get over it or something? Terrible pastor, okay? But guess what? The Lord showed me. One, he showed me 30 people in my church that were pastoral. And he said, if you raise them up, men, older, younger, you know, I had some teens and uh, all kinds of ages. And, and that's when I started realizing a lot of the church, I wasn't pastoring anyway. You don't want me meeting with your 13-year-old daughter by herself. You don't want me to be with the wife who's struggling in marriage. So I started realizing there was a lot of the church. In fact, I calculated about 60% of the church based on circumstance, I was disqualified to pastor. But I still had the title. And you know what it told me? It created, I believe it creates an orphan spirit in the church. Because everybody wants a relationship with that pastor. You know, five people would go to the hospital, and I wouldn't go, I was out of town or something, come back, and i go, the pastor didn't come and visit me. And be like, what are those five people that were spent the night there? They went home and, you know, washed clothes and, and did all that stuff, transported the kids, and... Who am I? I? I just walk in the room. I bless you, and I'm the Son of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's it. Wave my hands a little bit. That's. You see, I went to seminary. I mean, seminary. And and I didn't. I wasn't taught how to equip and raise you up into your destiny. I was taught how to build a church, and how to plan 
and strategize to make it successful. Okay? So I could have a successful ministry. But guess what? And I say this to my, to my pain. People could sit in my church for 10 years and not really grow. Because I didn't expect them to change the world. I, right now, I expect you to change the world. I, I know you're capable. I believe in every one of you. I feel like you're all anointed. I'm no more anointed than you. I'm, I'm no more special. I have the privileges. I have my lane, and I'm going to run in it. So how many like to go to another level? All right. I'm going to show you what your church is already doing. Most churches aren't even doing this. You guys are so blessed. First of all, you're a part of a movement. You're not, it's not a, you're part of the body of Christ, yes. But you're a part of a movement. This global movement is a, is, is a movement where, where business leaders and, and, and government leaders and, and educational leaders uh, and, and people in all these different, uh, how, those that nurture their family, all those, you have mountains, you have spheres of influence. And, and that's why they did a marketplace apostle. They're just saying, we honor you. Some of you in here are, have, have very high titles. You own your business owners, your CEOs, and all those kind of things. And of course, we're not walking around with our titles. But we should honor you, the fact that you, you know, how much uh, favor you've had and, and how God's blessed you. It's not about this building, these people. It's about everybody being raised up into their purpose. Okay? You know, um, it, and, and by the way, I look around and I just see just the, the, what God is doing, you know, where there was a mother and a daughter up here. Right up here. Oh man, that was so beautiful. That worship. That's how I worship. I just saw that. Mm, just life, you know, that generational. Um, I also saw a spirit of comfort powerfully coming on you because you're called to be a mighty comforter. Did you know that? But the Lord's teaching you how to receive more comfort. So be gluttonous for comfort. Like, God, give me so much comfort, I can't even stand it. Get so much love, you tell God, I can't handle any more love. Okay, that's your assignment, okay? Next time I see you, I've been doing it. I can't handle more love. I'm going to burst in a second. Okay? All right. So how do we raise people up? And we have to be intentional about it. And so what I really believe is, is that how many of you are anointed? Okay? Not every hand is up. How many of you have the Holy Spirit? Okay? 1 John 2 says that you have received an anointing because you know the truth. How many know the truth? Listen to this. Then verse 27 says, the anointing remains in you. It never goes on vacation. I, I hate that saying, oh, I felt really anointed. Yeah, you felt anointed, but you were just as anointed the moment you didn't feel it. Okay? There's no anointing problem. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. And now, not only has the Holy Spirit been poured out, His Holy Spirit lives within you. And the anointing, it, then he says that you don't need teachers. It's not talking about you don't need teachers in general. It's saying, but the anointing will teach you. So what I want to say this is if we're going to be a five-fold church and every one of you is anointed, we have to help you understand that anointing. Okay? So I'm just going to use one main verse, Ephesians 4, 7. 
And this is what it says. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ measured it. Now that sounds familiar. Sounds like 1 John, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, that says to each one of us, a manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good. Now what's the difference between the two? The spiritual gifts never belong to you. Okay? Because let's say, what's your name? Je Jess? Justin. Let's say Justin moves in healing. Actually, he does. He moves, he heals minds. You're called to heal those who are confused, those who have doubt, those who have given up, those who cannot forgive. That's your anointing. Did you know that? Yeah. That's why you've wrestled. But your overcoming will set many people free. Well, by the way, I can't look at you and not prophesy. That's just, I'm kind of like a machine, you know, I can't help it. All right. But anyways, let's say he moves in healing, which he's going to. He's going to heal minds. Okay. But let's say this. Let's say he can't be at the meeting. Are we going to say, oh, no, Justin's not going to be there. We can't have healing. No, because the ministry of the Spirit isn't based on Justin. It's based on the Spirit. To each one of us, what? It says a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. But it's a manifestation of the Spirit. But Ephesians 4, 7 is different. To each one of us, a grace has been given. I mean, it belongs to you now. As Christ measured it. I command every battle, mental battle, to overcome. And the Lord says, every battle you win, I will tear down strongholds for thousands. Don't underestimate the questions that you've had and the struggle that they've caused. Am I talking to you? Don't underestimate it. Because behind that door is your, total, is, your, is your ministry. Did you know that you can know what your anointing is by how you're attacked? If you're called to heal hearts, man, watch out. Your heart's getting hurt every day if you want it. You, you're, you're called a teacher. Guess what? Injustice is right behind every door and you're ticked off. How dare they charge me for something I didn't get. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, prophetic people, the struggle is, do I hear perfectly? No, you don't. You prophesy in part. That's why you need each other all the time. <laughs> Apostolic people, you know, it's like... You don't need control. The more you release others, the better off you are. Okay? Did I leave anybody out of this? Evangelists, yep. Okay, you're going to get rejected. It's all right. <laughs> That's because you're out there. You're going to know your anointing by how you're attacked. But you're also going to know your anointing by what you share at, at Starbucks. Because at Starbucks, you're gonna, the pastoral people are going to say, what are you really, what's really going on? How are you? Right. Right, the prophetic person's like, what, what's God telling you? Yeah. You know, the evangelist says, do you know Jesus? You know, <laughs> you know, the teacher is like, are you for real? Are you living what you say you believe? You know, the apostles, do you have any purpose in your life? See, it happens. You can't help yourself. The fivefold's in you. It's been given to you. But listen to this. Not as it to each one of us it's been given, but it's been measured. I, I like to joke, like, let's say you ordered a pizza. Pizza man shows up. 
you notice there's some cheese and tomato sauce like right here on his lip and you open the box and there's four pieces missing. <laughs> what would you do? You'd go like, what? I mean, where's my pizza? You'd like saying, I want the full pizza, okay? Dude, go back, whatever. Now, let me say this. How many of you are experiencing the full measure that Christ gave you? I believe you. Let me say this. If I were to look at you and start prophesying over you, would I want your destiny more than you wanted it? I can teach on fivefold all day if you don't want it. And you know what? I'm not about fivefold. Fivefold schmifold. Who cares? <laughs> I just found it's the best blueprint that I've ever seen to help you come into your destiny. And what's the blueprint mean? It means this is how you know what your fivefold ministry is. It's your driver. Your driver. If it's compassion, it's pastoral. If you see the lost and you have mercy instead of judgment, that's an evangelistic. If you're just saying, God, what, what are you saying to this person? See, it's coming out of you, and you just have to listen to how God created you, and you find your driver. Okay? That's your motivation. That's your primary anointing. I can do all five, yes. But what's the one that I love doing? Okay? That's how you know your primary. How do you know your secondary? Secondary is your flavor. Cajun or <laughs> barbecue, right? See, for me, I'm an apostle, but my flavor is prophetic. So when I look at you, I can't help myself, but I just look at you and I can say, I can just start discerning in the spirit who you are. This woman is filled with compassion all the time. Compassion overwhelms her, right? Just overwhelms her. But she's also prophetic. She's learned to see you from God's perspective. That's why she loves you so much. She's not just loving herself. She's loving you from God's heart. Am I right on? Yeah, okay. And basically, that's what I told Caleb. I want to come back. We'll do that for everybody, okay? But the thing is, I want to say this, is that, is that your, your, your driver is important, but your flavor is very important too because you can have two prophetic people, but the prophetic pastoral person wants to heal the heart. But the prophetic teacher wants to teach you how to hear God. See, that flavor, that second dimension is where you can grow and flourish. But here's my kind of my point. How many want the full measure? How can you even begin to have the full measure if you don't even know what it is? See, I, I want you to I want you to leave here kind of little irritated. <laughs> yeah, that's my, my mission's to irritate you. I mean, I want you to walk out here and say, you know what? I, be, I better know more of my calling and destiny, and I better start chasing my full measure a lot more than I ever have before. Would anybody like to do that? Because, because we've got a hunger after this, I tell the Lord, you know, you never arrive. That's the amazing thing. Like, like okay, I've been in close to 40 nations. I, my books now, the one I'm sorry I ran out of, you can, you can go to Amazon or contact us. We can send it. It's called Five Fingers of God. It's now in 13 languages. 
most recently Russian. I was going to Russia, um, helping start prophetic movements. You heard me, start prophetic movements. But I didn't start there. I just pushed and said, Lord, I want that full measure. And he started opening doors. It's like the more I just walk through them. You know, when I started in Kenya, I, di I didn't try to have 7,000 churches. I, I was happy to have one. And I didn't even build them. My sons did. My spiritual sons and daughters built it. I didn't build it. Nothing we do, actually, you ask any leaders. We, the, the church, the, the people, we built it together. We have vision, but we, it's your heart that's so important. So when we talk about this church, when we say we're a five-fold church, remember, we're not saying we want everybody to have a title. Right. What we're saying is this. We want everyone to come into the full measure of their life. And our church is actually designed to do that. So if you're here more than six months and you don't learn to do that, then, well, I, I'm sorry, I don't have authority to say this, but it's kind of like, that's our job. You know, I used to tell my, 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 my like prophetic team that treated people and I'd say it publicly, if you don't hear God within six months, we haven't done our job here. You've got to hear God for yourself. Because otherwise, you, I don't want you just listening to me. I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect. I have biases and opinions, and, and I'll tell you to get over it and all that. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's not the right exact fit. That's the great thing about fivefold, too. You might not relate to me as much as you will someone else. I mean, I'm usually not the nicest person. I get nice. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm kidding. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> I try. I make jokes like that because I wanted my church to understand how pastoral they were. And we had some of the best lovers. They knew how to love people so well. I love people by challenging them. I can't help myself. And, uh, but I have compassion, and I learn from those that do. Did you know that the greatest thing about the fivefold anointing isn't the one that you carry? It's the one sitting next to you. And to your left and to your right. And it's learning from them. Okay, so how do we raise people up? Why do we raise people up? Why did we, come, why did we ordain uh, Jess today? Does it mean she's totally arrived now? No. When David got anointed, David got anointed three times. The first time he was anointed as king, he was 15 years old. He had to wait 15 years. It means, what are we saying then when we commission someone? And the reason we commission people or ordain, you're, the word you're using is ordain. They're not totally interchangeable. By the way, you have legal authority to ordain. An organization that you don't belong to doesn't have authority to ordain you. They can commission you, but they can't ordain you. Only the church, local church has the authority to ordain. And God. Yeah. Wanna know something amazing? Jeremiah 1, when God said to, to Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And he said to him, I set you apart to be a prophet to the nations. Do you know that word set apart is the word to ordain? You are already ordained from a heavenly perspective. On earth as it is in heaven. God already spoke it. He already commanded it. He already released it. But guess who holds the keys to, to release people? The church. The church has that kind of authority. What happens if the church doesn't recognize the anointing on you? 
then you sit in the same seat every week for years. Because the church's job is to create a greenhouse, a safe place for you to discover. And we're not trying to put anybody in a box. You, right. you want to do all five? Go for it. But you know what? You're going to find you're a pretty good specialist in one or two if you allow that to happen. So I need four volunteers. Four plus one. I've got one over here. <laughs> Come on up. That's why I just need four. Come on up. See, I didn't forget you. She came up. She was the sixth one in the first service. All right. That's fine. That's good. I'm going to raise you up, okay? All right. Okay. All right. So here they are. All right. Now, I'm going to do the analogy of the prophetic. I could do this for all five, but what I'm going to try to show you is that there are different levels of every anointing. Okay? This is level one. This is level... You guys are brilliant. I, told, I knew they were. <laughs> level three, level four, level five. Okay, now, now this is very important. Your goal isn't to be level five. Your goal is to be your full measure. Not everybody's called to be a, a, a primary leader of a ministry. Not at all. Um, you know what? Otherwise, if we just had that, we're, you know, we need team. We need teams. And sometimes, sometimes the weakest part seeming is the strongest. I had a woman, she went to Kenya with me, and she said, I've never prophesied over anybody. And I said, I said, I don't need you to prophesy, really. She goes, you don't? That's what everybody does on your team. And I said, I just need you to love people. She goes, oh, I don't know what else to do. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. Go, go to the meeting with me, and then we'll just go love people. So we get up there, and um, she shares a little bit from her heart. We start two lines. She starts just hugging and crying over people. No prophecy. Tears. And I'm sitting there prophesying everything. All of a sudden, my line starts shrinking, and hers growing. <laughs> and she looks at me, and she goes, what's happening? And I said... I don't think they've ever had someone hold them and cry for them before. Then all of a sudden, she, goes, she would hear like one word, peace, hope. That was her prophetic word. She'd prophesy that one word. Started turning into a sentence. By the end of the trip, I said, Did, how many people do you think she, you prophesied over? She goes, oh, maybe, maybe a thousand. What? Anybody like to go to Kenya and get dropped off in a village with me? I'm looking for people, seriously. Uh, March 2nd, um, I, I, I won't send you alone, I promise. I'll send you with a strong, safe team, okay? But I will send you out and you will do all the stuff. And Ann and I, personally, we take only up to 25 people. We will personally mentor and prophesy over you throughout the trip. It's a very hands-on, and I'll send you back to your church, and you will be like a turbo ninja when you come home. Okay? March 2nd. Ready? T-O-T-N dot org. Transformation of the nations. Again, we have 7,000 churches there, so I think we have a place for you to go. Okay? What's your name? Joy. Joy. Okay. So, let's say Joy is called to be a prophet. All right? Now, how is Joy going to become a prophet? 
She can't just point herself. She doesn't jump into a phone booth, come out with a big cape and a pee or something. She just, if she just shows up and says, I, I, I'm a prophet, because now I know God told me I'm a prophet, you know. To who? Well, I don't know, but I, you know. By the way, we don't give ourselves titles. And in fact, we're not even seeking titles. We're seeking the function. Amen? Amen? That's what the Lord told me. He told me, I told him I didn't know if I believed in apostles. And he said, well, then you're going to have to get over that because you're called to be one. Okay. But then he said this, never seek the title, seek the function. And someday you won't be able to stop people calling you an apostle. First one that called me an apostle says, I'm commissioning me. His name is Cheon. And he said, I'm going to commission you as an apostle. And I was commissioned in 2006. So Joy... So to hear, to, to become an, a prophet, wouldn't you think it'd be good if she learned how to hear God's voice in the first place? See, level one then of the prophetic would be, and by the way, level one is always for yourself. So guess what? You have level one of all five anointings. You're supposed to grow in compassion. You're supposed to grow in your love for the word. You're supposed to grow in love for the lost. And you're supposed to grow in love with the kingdom, the apostolic, Okay. So level one is just you becoming a mature believer. But guess what? Joy needs to hear God's voice. But let's say she was taught in a church that God doesn't even speak today. Okay? Where can she go? I know people in love that know how to hear God. Jack, this one's a prophet. Why don't we come on over here? We're going to find out. Hey, and how do I know what's God? You start asking her the question. Says, can you come to me? And you, you've, got, you've got a training class going on. And you right now are, are on her team, right? And you guys are all going to train Joy and anybody else. In fact, if this was my team right here, you just make sure that within six months I come back, everybody here, here's God. Okay? That's your job. All right? So you got it. Go back to your lines here. So, so Joy is starting to hear God's voice, but anytime she's confused or was got it wrong or was kind of uh, frustrated that she didn't hear God, then she knows where to go to get help. Because in your church, you have people that have been recognized formally. They've been vetted as not being weird. Well, they might be weird, okay? Yeah, in fact, if you're at this church, they probably are weird, but they're not off. They're not, they don't, they don't enforce the word. They're, they're humble every time they deliver it. They, they, they treat you like you are called to hear God yourself instead of telling you what to do. They honor your ability to have, that you have the Holy Spirit. See, these are the mature ones. But anybody we start to call on our prophetic teams, by the way, she literally has this thing, prayer team. She didn't make this at, at herself at home. I'm sorry, I'm poking you in the... She was given that, and she was told, we trust you with the hearts of this congregation. She didn't give it to herself. That's what we're looking for, because when we are new to this church, and we have someone that we call a pastor, we want you to know they're accountable and trained to deal with your life situations. That's why we do it. We commission people or ordain people not for them, we do it for you. We did just today so that if you're a business person saying, I've always wanted to bring the kingdom to my business, you can go to Jess and say, Jess, let's have coffee and let's talk about how my business can start to be more kingdom. That's why we commissioned Jess. Are you this is really, really important. That's why it's not about, we're not going around. She's not going to go home today. Is that your husband there? You're not going to go home and say, I'm now uh, an ordained apostle. I'm no longer doing any dishes or taking out the trash. I'm sorry. 
No, she goes home and her title, one of her, her main title is, is daughter of God and wife. That's her much higher titles. So we don't all have to call her apostle. But if you wanted to bring kingdom to your business, we know who to go to. So now Joy's hearing God. If you don't mind switching. You're not getting demoted. I'll promote you at the end if you want there. So now Joy is starting to have, she's starting to feel so much of God's love. She wants to share what she hears with others. But she had a dream that someone died. Did she share it? Well, I don't know. Should I share that? No, okay. What do I do then? Just pray for them? And, yeah, okay, okay. So then she learns what to share, what not to share. She learns how to take her opinion out, quit adding things to the word and trying to overly interpret it. Let the person, she's getting trained here how to just learn how to prophesy. Okay? And so she starts to go. But then finally, the leaders, we start to go, hey, have you noticed Joy? Like, man, she is nailing it. What do you think if we put her on a team, on a prophetic team and raise her up more? What do you think? Great idea. Great idea? Okay, so then we, we <laughs> come on, switch, switch from here. And all of a sudden, now Joy is on a team. She's not leading the team yet. She's on the team. And basically what she's doing is, and by the way, uh, I'll start prophesying over you at the end here. But, but what happens is, is that she's on the team, and what this one does, she's leading the team, or maybe she is, but you're leading this team, and you tell her from the beginning, I want to help you discover your prophetic uh, focus. I want you to become a, a, a Navy SEAL or a ninja Okay? And, and so you start to really, really do it. See, see, Joy, she notices everybody who doesn't feel like they belong. Okay? She goes around and makes sure that everybody feels like they belong. Is this true about Joy? Okay, am, am I prophesying right? She notices every one of you. She can tell you what you wore last Sunday, okay? She is very aware. Is this true? Facts. Yes. Okay, yeah. Because she's looking, and when she's looking at you, she's not, she's not like, oh, oh, oh. she's asking the Lord, what are you doing in their life? Okay? So what happens is, is that when you start to recognize this, because let's say you have a heart for, uh, for uh, uh, family intercession. Okay? You have a heart for family intercession? All right, that's okay. But let's say that was really your main passion. You should gather family intercessors and those that really want to help people like prophesy over the ones that are newer, you should have her build her own team instead of everybody being all on the same team. You should have several prophetic teams because you're raising up ninjas who can lead their own teams. When she's ready to lead her own team, she learns the culture and what we do. Guess what? Let's put her over here. Joy, now you're going to lead your team. Is that what you're doing now? Okay. And then after a while, everybody goes, isn't it amazing? Every time I go to Joy, it's like, it's like she was, <laughs> had a bug at my kitchen table. You know, it's like she knew exactly what to pray for every time. And the leaders go, you know what? If that's not, an, if that's not a prophet in her house, she's widely recognized. She's consistently helping other people learn how to hear God's voice. She's, she's just proven, proven. Okay, so we need to ordain her as a prophet. And switch her up. 
And then we lay hands on her. And then we begin to declare. And I feel like the Lord's saying to you that you have been like that one who went for, you went for the one instead of the 99. And you've been so faithful. And uh, the Lord's just increasing that anointing. You have the heart. You mother many, even ones you don't know, that look in their heart. And, uh, and you've just been a real blessing. So we'll have privilege to, to, to ordain her. Amen? Amen? Now, we can do this. Give, yeah, give a big hand. So let's take Jess, for example. We saw, what, what did she happen? And this happens, by the way. At level three, she got ordained. She got ordained as a pastor. But she was really on her apostle road. Okay? But at that point, she had demonstrated that she had a heart for other people. And so they ordained her as a pastor. But as it matured and took a greater or a different direction, she started to focus and she, she literally blended her career. By the way, what she told you was, you don't give away. Is there, there's even, people even sign these no-compete clauses. What they do is you will not take any of my customers. She just gives them. That'd be like a real estate agent. Say, guess what? You know, just go ahead and take, take those clients. Do those clients. You know, you lose money. But guess what? You raise up trust. I can say that here. I'm a loan officer but only in Oregon and California. I talk people out of loans all the time, the ones that don't need it, because I care for people. You can blend the apostolic, the, the um, you know, you know what, an evangelist. You know, the, the thing that bugs me a little bit about the title evangelist is anybody can call themselves an evangelist and no one will care. No one will question it. If you say, I'm an evangelist, praise the Lord. You go, I'm a prophet, they'll say, who told you? I'm an, I'm an apostle. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a pastor. Glory to God. I'm a teacher. Hallelujah. I'm a prophet. See, we, we lose faith. That's why we're commissioning and ordaining all five, because we're trying to restore all five. And by the way, I'm not against ordaining pastors at all. I just want people that are pastoral to be ordained as pastors. How do they know? They've got compassion switch compassion they start to really show that compassion to others we put them on a team to pastor people they're now ready to lead their pastoral team we ordain them as a pastor or do you see that all right you guys may be seated you know I'd like to pray for you when I close, I'd like to pray for you that you will come into your full measure and that nothing will hold you back. It doesn't matter how old you are or young you are. We're not asking you to do a job at this church. Some of you might. Some of you will learn and get trained by doing that. But we don't, we don't need that. What do I mean by that? Is we don't want people in places that God hasn't called them. The last thing I need is some cranky person in the nursery. Amen. 
I don't need that. I used to tell the church that. I need someone who loves children and can, will go back there and prophesy over every one of them that every time they go back there. That's what I want back there. I want people lining up to prophesy over children. And then I want the children to run in here and start prophesying all over you. That's the kind of children's worker I want. Prophetic machines walking around like kids come out of the class. You know, that's what I want. But I want to pray for you right now. Could you, I know you can pray with your eyes open. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? How much do you want it? How much do you want the full measure? God wants to give you more. He's already, in fact, it's, it says it's already been measured. It's already been prepared. Maybe you were, you're, you were dishonored somewhere else. Overlooked. Misunderstood. Maybe there were character things that got in your way. But now you're healed. If I was so his father, I'm so proud of Jeremy today. I can't even stand it. This is new for him, but he's ready. Why? Because his heart's ready. And he's just saying, yes, Lord. That's what the Lord wants you to be like. Lord, I want more. And I have good news. You're in a place that wants to help you discover more. They're designed for it. So, Lord, right now, as if I could lay hands on everyone, I just put a hand on your head, symbolically. Holy Spirit. And just like Jesus said to his disciples, I give you power and authority to heal the sick. Today, I lay, I believe it's the Holy Spirit, not me. It's far more important, because we're circumcised not with human hands. I speak over you a blessing that you will come in to your full measure that was prepared for you and already released through Christ. I command the blessing into your life. That's verse 15 too, not just verse 7. Verse 15 says the same thing, that you'll come into the full measure. You'll come into maturity, you'll come into unity, knowledge in the Son of God. And you'll be equipped. All of it's yours. I give it to you. I re-give it in a sense. And I increase it in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Finished one minute early, by the way. Just wanted to point that out. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.